0: You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to episode 127 of the Urban Shooter podcast. And it's been quite a week for your friend and brother from a different mother. Let's get started.
1: Crossbreed presents
2: The Urban Shooter Podcast. Thank God for an expert. The weekly Pro Gun Variety Show. Featuring the internationally known black man with a gun. Spotify 7. a friend. And brother from a different mother. That's what I call a close encounter. Ken Blanchard. (laughs) Love it. a star. You're gonna love it. It's a classic.
0: We're gonna talk about the 1911 just a little bit. Share some news and just share some of my blues for right now. All this coming after JW gives us our Pledge of Allegiance. Hit it, JW.
2: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
0: Now, you know, this is the part where I'm usually coming in all happy and go lucky, but uh, to tell you the truth, your friend is a little sad, and I'm trying to snap out of it. So for those of you that know the Lord, I'm going to ask that you pray for me. And uh, I'll leave that as it is. You know, right after I released the last episode, I found out that my grandfather passed away. Death has a strange way of affecting us. Even though you know it's coming, you know it's happening. And if the person was blessed to make it to 90, like my grandfather was, you usually say, oh, well, he lived a good life. Or, as some Christians might say, was he saved? But still, death is death. Not welcomed among the living whenever it happens. But you know what? It's the living folks that can give you more grief. I found out that my grandfather was a was a rolling stone. And he rolled a lot. We had three separate groups of families at the funeral that he was the patriarch to. Only a Blanchard. I've been sharing some stuff with my Facebook friends, so I won't go into that. But death, it makes you think a little bit more about life and life isn't life unless you're free. Freedom is kind of my shtick. Freedom to act a fool as long as you don't hurt anybody else or yourself. Freedom to laugh and to cry. Freedom to worship God. Freedom to own and use a firearm without government prohibitions, all that and more. You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We tend to forget that every once in a while. Right after I got the news about my grandfather, my son left home for college. I had signed and faxed a stack of promissory notes and loan applications, so I'm in debt so bad I can barely pay attention. But the fruit of my loins, my little buddy, my mini-me, is gone. And actually, I took it kind of sad. It was graduation for me. It was the end of 17 years of struggle. I'm not done yet, but I broke the family curse, the curse of father and children and leaving them to defend for themselves, uh, the blanchard curse that made us pirates, cutthroats, conmen, and bad men. I named my son. I held him in the hospital. I promised not to repeat the cycle of the men in my family. I pledged, and we shook on it right there, in the he was only a few hours old. I was there when he rolled over. I was there when he walked. I was there when he first spoke. I shared in the early years working at night so that I could be with him in the daytime. I was there when he swallowed a penny. I was working midnight shift and the little guy started turning blue on me. But I was awake enough to put the Heimlich on him and get the penny out and save his life. We spent a lot of time together. He was like my little best friend and my son. And I kept those lines as formal as I could so that the order was maintained, but he was a good kid. He made it easy. He liked all the things I do and has tried hard to please his pops. I'm blessed and I'm proud. He doesn't even know how happy he made me. I watched him struggle in school with his grades and worried that he was letting me down, but he never did. I watched him get taller, his voice deepened and the hair on his chins grew. I watched and remembered that he was just like me. My first chin hairs are the ones that are gray now. Now I'm waiting to hear his stories, his adventures, and his revelations. I think President Lincoln said, you have to be your own man, no matter how tall your father was. You know, on TV, fathers give their sons a pocket watch or some heirloom to take with them when they leave home. I think one movie had a Zippo lighter and there was a photo of the family in another movie. Well, my son doesn't smoke. And the rest is pretty much contained all in his cell phone these days. I searched all the house in my heart for something to give him this morning. As I sent him off, you know. But I've been giving him stuff for 17 years. So all I had to give him left this week before mama drove him to college was another hug. And to make sure he didn't see the tear that was sneaking down my face. Now, then there's a fact that there's quite a few close friends that are going through some health issues right now. Two, going through a divorce. Close friend that was in my wedding, suffering with leukemia. He's getting tested and chemotherapy and all that stuff, and another one's having kidney problems, and he's not even 50, I don't think, and he has to get dialysis now. And the guy's going through divorce. That's also like death death of relationship. Sickness is a loss too. It's kind of like the death of your good health and what you're used to doing. Most of us don't miss it when we're well. We just keep on going. Well, this week I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it for everybody who has confided in me, who's told me that they weren't feeling well or that they had some hardships in their life. The weight of the world is on my shoulders. I feel it all. You know, despite all that I just said,
1: this is going to be the good old days for my son. It's all relative.
0: Charles Swindoll said that the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude, to me, is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, the education, the money, the circumstances, than failure, than successes, than other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing that we can play on is the one string we have, and that's our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. Well, I'm trying to get an attitude of gratitude despite what I'm feeling right now. So I need your help with that, okay? I know that there's a brighter side somewhere. And time heals hurt. That time will remind me of the good times. That time will heal the bodies. That time will heal your losses. Time will keep on slipping into the future. But it's time. uh, Time keeps on. Isn't that a song? But you know what? I see something. I got a vision. That came to me while I was driving down the highway. Going to my grandfather's funeral. Cruising down Route 64. In the pouring rain. I saw an eagle. Thought it was a buzzard. Or a big old hawk. But it was an eagle. An eagles rock, man. Nothing like them in the sky. They are the epitome of freedom. I'm glad that somebody had the guts to pick that one as our bird. They are huge. They are strong. They don't congregate like ducks or geese. They do their own thing. Looking up on that website about eagles and says they have, you know, keen eyesight, which enables them to spot prey from like really far away.
3: Like me, they got big eyes. Made me think about what I was doing
0: with black man with a gun and the urban shooter. And I think it's time for me to knock this up a notch. Take the group a little higher. Make it
3: a real group, actually. I got some dreams. I got some goals.
0: Despite how we feel, despite how jacked up the economy is, the Obama health care scare, and all that's going wrong with America, we still are free. We still have the opportunity to do better. We just have to rise like eagles. We just have to rise above the funk. We just have to rise above our own attitudes. If you're feeling bad like I am, Take a
1: deep breath with me. And let's think about it after this musical interlude, but we're going to go from here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Do, do, do. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future I wanna fly like an eagle to the seas, fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle. Till I'm free, oh Lord, through the revolution. Feed the babies. Don't have enough to eat. Shoe the children with no shoes on their feet. How's the people. Living in the streets. Oh, there's a solution. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle. Tell free. Fly through the revolution. on slipping 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 into the future time keeps on slipping 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 into the future I wanna fly like a to the seas, fly an let my spirit carry me out to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Fly through the revolution. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Into the future.
0: All right, now I feel a little bit better. That song helped a lot. You know, I was kind of sad because I had some interviews. With a maker of some high compression air guns, some airsoft professionals, and even a paintball guy. But uh, because of this week, I didn't get a chance to call anybody, talk to anybody except for a couple of emails. So hopefully next week, I'll return to that. You see, I also get sad when I let myself down. Because if I don't do what I want to do, then I know I'm not doing what I told you I'd do and... Maybe you forgot, but I didn't. You're like really nice to me, but you know, a brother's hard on himself. I want to do well, you know, better than well. I want to do really, really good for you. Give you something that you can go, wow, did you hear that? That dude's all right. Well, sometimes I make it. Sometimes I don't. I don't think I did too well this week, but I'm going to be honest about it. Not going into details, but I got big, hairy, audacious plans for this thing. I want the Urban Shooter to be bigger than just a podcast. I'm going to create a new website here shortly. So look out for that. Also, an iPhone app. I'm going to save up some money. Maybe we can do something really spectacular with that. And if you can find a way to um, coax some people into joining and helping, maybe we can build up our sponsorship, our advertising. I want to include everything that shoots for the urban shooter. That includes paintball, airsoft, water guns. doesn't matter. Also, I want to foster some smaller groups. We can get some local people together and become the media resource for all the smaller groups. You got a press release, something happening in Arkansas, something happening in Pennsylvania. Send it right over here and let me talk to the crowd about it. We'll get that word out. Be the micromedia, your resource. For the world. How about that? Well, next up, shoot, don't shoot, you decide something different and a joke. What else? Whatever it is, it's coming up next. Then we'll wrap this puppy up and that will be it for episode 127. All right, here we go. All right, this is a note from Brandon Combs of CalGuns.net, sent to me by Tat, who wanted this announcement read. It says, Hello, fellow Cal Gunners. As many of you know, Cal Guns has been very actively involved with the right to keep and bear arms outreach at gun shows and other public events since January of this year, 2009. The time has come to take this to the next level, but we'll need your help to get there. He says he'll keep this brief, but he needs to expand the team and prepare for some expansion into new territories and different kinds of outreach. The bottom line is that they want to connect with every California gun owner, their family and friends. Every moderate who cares about the protection of their civil rights and every ally that we can build a relationship with to work towards a better future here in California. It's no secret that would like to add a zero to the current Cal Guns membership level In the next 12 months and two zeros in 24 months, we currently have 32,959 and 10,939 active members as of today. That's right. Let's grow to 320,000 by this time next year. This goal shared by many high regarded leaders of right to keep and bear arms and your fellow activists is aggressive. Yes, and entirely achievable. If you guys and gals can make ARs and AKs happen in California, we can do this too. So, on to the part where I ask you to join a team that's kicking A for your gun rights. Below, you'll find descriptions of the various volunteer roles we're seeking right now. Please take a look and see if any might be something you would be interested in doing as a contribution to your greater right to keep and bear arms efforts. If you have any skills or capabilities not listed and believe they can make an impact or if you just don't know how to get involved, please don't hesitate to contact him by email. And he would ask that email correspondence be used and not PMs, private messages, I guess, as it is becoming difficult to track and reply to them. Thanks for your time and consideration. And he looks forward to working with you. Regards, Brandon Combs, cowguns.net, that's C-A-L-G-U-N-S.net, And his email is wildhawker at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-D-H-A-W-K-E-R at gmail.com. It says, please contact Brandon at the above address if you're interested in volunteering. And this is only the beginning. I read a note from Urban Shooter listener, Tat Wong, out of California for California listeners. All right. In Pennsylvania. The gun owners there have a time because there's gun rights everywhere else except for in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Outside the city, everybody's fine. Inside the city is mayhem. Well, that gym shooting with that guy, George Sodina or Sir Sodini, who had no prior criminal record, who shot those people inside the aerobics class at the L.A. Fitness Center inside or outside of Pittsburgh, caused a little dent. Um, in the right to keep and bear arms f- argument in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and, and Pennsylvania as a whole. Whenever one nut goes off, it affects all the law-abiding gun owners. So how do you fight the insanity and uh, what's a good comeback line when you have to defend the right and keep and bear arms and somebody's going to bring up this guy? Well, first you can tell them that nobody ever said that anybody who carries a firearm for self-defense and, and never is perfect. That's the first thing. The rate of those who have CCW permits against those who commit crimes is really, really, really. Using data from a July 2009 report from the Violence Policy Center, the 2008 Firearms Annual Report by the Pennsylvania State Police and the 2008 Pennsylvania Annual Uniform Crime Report, it turns out that concealed carry weapons permit holders committed 0.1% of Pennsylvania's murders in 2008. During that year, there were a total of 627,068 CCW permits amongst the state's 12,448,279 citizens. So a subgroup representing 5.03% of the population committed 0.1% of the murders. There is no subgroup who can claim that record. Additionally, the total number of murders in Pennsylvania has dropped since 2005 at a rate of roughly one less murder per 10,000 CC permits um, issued. Now, these are some crazy statistics, but since you can never find out how crazy anybody is until they actually do something. What can you say? If a kid throws a ball through your window, do you blame the ball? If Pennsylvania was a gun-free utopia, Sardini would have blown up the gym with a homemade bomb or set it a fire or done some other destructive action. In the absence of firearms, people still do criminal acts. Make sure that you um, relay that fact to whoever's arguing and giving you grief about gun control and the latest um, person to snap. All right, I got this from Dr. Ignatius Piazza's website, FrontSight.com. Uh, he says on August 14th, 2009, the hero of Harlem needs your help. A 17-year-old law-abiding business owner in the middle of Harlem, New York, faces down four armed robbers who invade his business and begin assaulting his employees. Grabbing a pistol-gripped pump shotgun, he defends his employees by firing only three times and scores hits on all four criminals, two of which are lethal, without inflicting any injuries to his staff or innocent bystanders. 72 years old now. Although he performed at a level of courage, skill, and efficiency with his weapon, that had been one of New York PD's finest, or used to be a cop, would warrant a Medal of Valor, the hero of Harlem is getting the usual New York Times negative spin on a citizen's use of a firearm as they try to humanize the armed robbers instead of acknowledging the heroic actions of a 72-year-old man. This is absolutely ridiculous. Charles Augusto Jr. needs your help in flooding the New York Times with calls and emails of your support for the man, Dr. Ignacio Piazza says, is the hero of Harlem. And there's a link to the story published Um, August 13th, 2009, by Robert D. McFadden, the New York Times, says Harlem store owner shoots four robbers, killing two. Here's the details. They strode into the restaurant supply store in Harlem shortly after 3 p.m. on Thursday. Four young men intent on robbery, one with a Glock 9mm pistol, the police said. The place may have looked like an easy mark, a high-cash business with an owner in his 70s known as a gentle, soft-spoken man. People tried to see a closer view of the scene. A store owner used a shotgun to blast four armed men who tried to rob the business. But Charles Augusto Jr., the 17-year-old proprietor of the Kaplan Brothers Blue Flame Corporation at 523 West 125th Street near Amsterdam Avenue, had been robbed several times before, despite the fact that his shop is around the corner the 26th Precinct Station House on West 126th Street. There were no customers in the store, only Mr. Augusto and two employees, a man and a woman. The police said that the invaders announced a holdup, approached the two employees, and tried to place plastic handcuffs on them. The male employee, a 35-year-old known in the community as JB, struggled with the gunman, who then hit him on the head with a pistol. Watching it happen, Mr. Gusto, whom neighborhood friends called Gus, rose from a chair 20 to 30 feet away and took out a loaded Winchester 12-gauge pump-action shotgun with a pistol grip handle. The police said he had bought it after robbery 30 years ago. Mr. Gusto, who has never been in trouble with the law, fired three blasts in rapid succession, the police said, although Vernon McKenzie, working at an internet company next door, heard only two booms loud enough to send him rushing to a window where he heard someone shout, you're dead, you're dead. The first shot took down the gunman at the front. He died almost immediately, according to the police, who said he was 29 and had been arrested for gun possession in Queens last year and was a nephew of a police officer. Mr. Augusto's other two blasts hit all three accomplices who stumbled out the door, bleeding. One of them, A 21-year-old staggered across 125th Street and collapsed in front of the General Grant houses, a nine-building complex with 4,500 residents, one of the city's biggest housing projects. Someone called 911, and an ambulance rushed him to the St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital Center, where he was pronounced dead on arrival. The police said he had a record of arrest for weapons possession and robbery. Another wounded man left a blood trail that the police followed to 125th Street and Amsterdam Avenue. The fourth wounded man was picked up on the basis of witness descriptions at 128th Street and St. Nicholas Terrace. Both were taken to St. Luke's. The names of the men who were shot, two dead and two wounded, were not immediately released by the authorities. The two at the hospital, both 21 years old, were in stable condition late Thursday night, the police said. Outside the emergency room entrance of the hospital at 113th Street and Amsterdam Avenue, Relatives and friends of the dead and wounded men screamed and wailed in anguish as word of what happened spread. No, no, a woman cried. They said he just died. Another crying woman, surrounded by family members, heard one of her relatives had been shot trying to rob a store. Oh, my God, she wailed. Why would they want to rob a store? She started to scream. Damn, why? Why would he go to a family store? He got money. She slumped against the wall and began to pray. Later, a man ran into the emergency room and came off screaming. Oh, God, he held his, hands, his head in his hands and sat on the curb, apparently devastated. A youth, about 16, crying and pacing in the emergency room entrance, slammed his fist into a yellow pole. The scene back at Blue Flame was also grim. Ordinarily, 125th Street between Amsterdam and Broadway is a placid setting. A couple of storefront businesses, our children's foundation, an after-school program, the Antioch Baptist Church, and the Manhattan Pentecostal Church, the facades of a housing project looming up a lot of passing and parked cars. The facade of a store is brick and concrete, with the words Blue Flame emblazoned in faded blue on the front of the three-story building. Two hours after the shooting, the body of a man lay on a sidewalk, its upper half covered in white plastic. Gray pants and white sneakers, with the toes pointed up, were visible, and they were only... And there was the insane. and there was the inevitable crowd of bystanders. How in the hell are you going to rob somebody in broad daylight? said Sarah Martin, president of the General Grant Residents Association. Looking around the corner of people, she added, "They're very upset. The people who live in this area." A neighbor said to the owner of the store on One Hundred Twenty-Fifth Street, told her that he had been robbed before. Jean Hernandez, forty-seven sympathize with Mr. Augusto, but not with the would-be robbers. If I were him, I would kill a dozen of them, he said. You have to protect your workers and your family. Case closed. Stephanie Blinn, who leases a commercial building from Mr. Augusto, described him as a laid-back, unexcitable guy who often lounged in his chair on the sidewalk. She said she was not totally amazed at the robbery because he had told her that he had been robbed several times before and that he dealt in a lot of cash in his business, which was the sale and service of stoves and other kitchen equipment. The shop opened in 1929, according to news articles about it. He was trying to make a living in his business, said John E. Walker, who works at Drum Television Network next door. Venus Singleton, 51, said she hoped that Mr. Augusto would not get into trouble over the shootings. I hope that the gun was licensed and that he was in his rights, she said. Paul J. Brown, chief spokesman for the police department, said that Mr. Augusto had not been arrested or charged. He was being treated like a witness and was still being questioned early Friday at the station house. It was unclear if the shotgun was registered, but Mr. Brown said there is a lower threshold for owning a shotgun in the city, a permit as opposed to a license. A law enforcement official said that the district attorney was considering a possible misdemeanor weapons charge against Mr. Augusto, indicating that he did not have a permit for the shotgun. Under long-established New York law, a person is allowed to use deadly force, deadly physical force, when he or she reasonably believes it is necessary to meet the imminent use of a deadly physical force and there is no reasonable chance of retreating from the danger. A woman who answered the telephone at Mr. Augusto's home in Irvington, New York, said the family, would have no comment. And Mr. Dr. Piazza asked that we would forward this message across the country and tell the story so that we can talk to the New York Times and give them their understanding about gun ownership and the responsible citizens like Charles Augusto Jr. And if you want to get a link straight to this story, you will find it on urbanshooterpodcast.com. That is from the New York Times Harlem Store Owner Shoots Four Robbers, published August 13, 2009. And that's it for the news for this week. Thanks for listening. All right. Last week I talked about the 1911 pistol. That's technically the M1911 pistol by John M. Browning. Now the 1911 is a 45 caliber pistol, and it's well known because of its shape and its size, and its use. Now that 45 round, it's a pretty hefty beast. Um, you'll know you're shooting it right off the bat. Anybody who takes you to the range hopefully doesn't. Put a 45 in your hand the first go around. You can actually work up to it. No caliber is for everybody. Um, you have to kind of learn the distance or the differences about them. That 22 has a different recoil than a 38. And a 38 has a different recoil than a nine millimeter. That a nine millimeter has a different recoil from a 45, And that you can mix and match both of the loads and the bullet itself That whole thing is a chemistry assignment. I mean, people who really take a lot of engineering to figure out what's the right way to use a firearm, um, what they want to do. For example, um, the most common ammo for 45 is the ball ammo, and that's the the round nose, that's copper or all lead. And uh, the bad news is that anything with 45 round nose or ball ammo will probably over-penetrate. It'll probably go through your target. So for self-defense, even though it seems like uh, an overkill, you want a hollow t- hollow point, a flat tip. You want something that will expand after it comes out of the barrel. You know, it's, it's kind of odd when you think about it, how the media and television and movies make it seem like if you are making hollow points, that you're doing something Horrendous that you're going to uh, maliciously wound somebody, but what you're actually doing is you're crafting the the bullet so that it doesn't leave the person that's trying to hurt you and hit somebody innocently. It doesn't ricochet off of a building or a marble interior, or it has purpose other than what is usually talked about. Now the 1911. Remember, right before I left, I said it comes in three different sizes and you can tell them by their names. You've heard heard them before. There's the government model, the commander model and the officer's model. Now, the difference between all three of those is the size. Government is the big one. That's the five inch barrel. There's the four inch barrel. It's a four and a quarter commander model. And then there's their officer's model. It's the smaller one. Now, they come in all kinds of flavors. I mean, everybody makes a 45. And the problem with 45s back in the day is that if you got one, and depending on who had it first, if it was straight government issue and you picked it up, the thing rattled like, like a rattler that you would give to your kid to make you know sounds. And the reason for that is, for the most part is, if it's a military spec, then it can be Shot dirty, in the mud, and has high tolerances for abuse. Once you make it fine-tuned so that it doesn't rattle, that everything works like a Swiss clock, then there's a bigger chance that a piece of dust or dirt or grain or something can mess up the slide or mess up the operating system. So when you buy a high-priced firearm somebody has worked on, it doesn't shake usually. And then Kimber, I have a Kimber, one of the first ones that came out. Um, spin an arm and two legs for it. The big deal with that was it had all the things that you would usually put on a 45 government model after you tricked it out. That was the deal. Um, you would usually uh, extend the beaver tail in the back. That's that little part that keeps your webbing of your hand from getting bit by the, by the hammer. Um, Spur that there's a uh, the grip has a nice checkering on it for you know, so you can hold it more comfortable. The sights were already a little bit high speed, and the trigger had a uh, little cutouts on it and all that stuff just to make it look slick. And it had a nice satin finish to it stuff that you would do if you know you paid big money. And see, back in the day, you had to get a government model and. Then, give it to somebody some gunsmith somebody who knew what they were doing they would gloss it and polish it and turn it and make it yours kind of like a harley today you can buy it like it is in the store and that's fine but you always wanted to customize it and make it yours and it was a big industry for a long time but now so many people make 1911s or firearms that fire the 45 caliber pistol cartridge and uh kind of like lost its glow. But if you're a hardcore gun-inficionado, you might have a couple of questions. You might want to own one of these bad boys. One of the nice things also, though, it was really, really flat. You could hide the thing anywhere, just like the brownie. The negatives? It had low magazine capacity compared to the newer ones. And what do you do when you want to make a buck? You change something, you innovate. And there was a company called Para Ordnance that double stacked their 45 rounds. So they gave you the option of having more than the usual single stack of maybe seven, five, or six or whatever. To having a full stack just like the nine millimeters had. And it just kept getting worked on more and more. They made a more wider body and it carried as many as 14 rounds. And that's a lot of 45 ammo you'd be carrying a lot of weight in your jeans. Just remember, a 1911 is a semi-automatic pistol, so any flaws that it's going to have it's going to be probably related to your ammunition. Sometimes, all the ammunition doesn't work in your pistol. Or, your gun might need more lubrication than the next. Or, you might have some cheap magazines. And sometimes, Somebody customized it and messed it up. They might have filed something down too long. There's some alterations that shouldn't have been. And you won't be able to tell it except for there's some issues that didn't exist before you had took it to that person. Those are some of the common things. Sometimes you can add um, grips that are too big or you can, I mean, just like a, a plethora of problems that can happen. Um, if you're 9, 1911 that you just bought doesn't work. But some of it, and most of it, is always fixable if you find somebody that knows what they're doing. Now, just remember that a semi-automatic firearm needs the round cycle to um, to work. That bullet has to work or the whole gun doesn't work. And so you can't just use any ammunition. You're going have to find... Around that feeds correctly, that ejects correctly, or extracts correctly for the firearm that you have and the type of shooting that you do. And the older 1911s are not as tolerant um, of some of the more modern designs that are out there that you can just stuff anything into. One of the things that I learned early is that um, the ammo that they sell for you to target shoot might not be the stuff that you want to carry for self-defense. You're going to really have to go around, ask around, talk to people and try out different types of ammo. Did you know that you can buy the same type of ammo for your 45, and some of it will just bark, shoot flames and you'll think, wow, this is a 50 cal or something. And then you'll buy another brand and it cycles just perfectly. Or every second or third shot, it double feeds. Now, you don't want that happening in a a real fight. So make sure that you practice and you train with the ammo that you think you're going to carry for your protection and it not be reloads or target ammunition. That's a biggie. Now, my very first 45 was a uh, knockoff. I think Llama made it. And uh, it looked just like the regular 45. It had a nice blued finish to it. It had a nice um, target sights on it. But I shot some hot ammo one time and it blew the extractor. Luckily, it didn't hit me in the face when it blew. An extractor is a really small piece um, that pulls the bullet out by its rim. And uh, sometimes that pressure is a little bit too much inside the firearm for the extractor pin that I had. And the, uh, back then, the pawn shop that I bought it from I was able to replace it and fix it like it was nothing. But that was back in the day when some gunsmiths actually worked in the pawn shops. This was a probably it was supposed to be a new gun, but uh, it was a piece of crap, though, for me. And I also found out that uh, extractors can weaken with use, too. So if you shoot um, some hot stuff, and you might not even know it's hot because I was just shooting the same ammo every time. Whatever they sold, I bought. You never do that. Well, you might want to check out that there's different makes, different types of ammo. Now, for all you experienced shooters and I'm boring to tears, I'll catch up to you another time. This is just throwing out a few things for the new people. All right? Speaking of 45s you know, you don't have to buy a uh, 1911. You can buy a Glock. I think it's a Model 30. That shoots a uh, 45. There's a H and K. Has a whole bunch of 45s. High Standard has one. Uh, I think High Point might even make one, but I won't even go there. And then Kimber makes a boatload of them. Car has one. That's Car That's K A H R. Let's see who else. Uh, of course Colt and uh, Springfield Armory. That's bear has some. Uh, I think that's about everybody. There's some really nice ones um, by Nighthawk, and uh, they can get kind of pricey. And of course, para ordnance didn't want to miss them either. Uh, And then everybody makes a a custom version of it. Just check out the one that fits you. I'm really big on making sure the gun fits you, fits your budget. Fits what you want to do with it right now. Um, don't get caught up in the in the tabloids. The um, latest magazine might have. You gotta have this six-hour forty-five. This depends on you. Some forty-five, some especially some sigs, for example, are pretty meaty. If you have a smaller framed hand, then it won't be comfortable for you to hold. You gotta find something that fits. Do not get caught up in trying to one-up somebody else. This is like your shoe. You don't want to buy a running shoe and you don't run. You're just going to hurt your feet. Same thing with firearms. We'll do a little bit more next week. Thanks for listening. A young boy enters a barber shop, and the barber whispers to his customer. This is the dumbest kid in the world. Watch while I prove it to you. The barber puts a dollar bill in one hand and two quarters in the other. Then calls the boy over and asks, Which do you want, son? The boy takes the quarters and leaves. What did I tell you? Said the barber. That kid never learns. Later, when the customer leaves, He sees the same young boy coming out of the ice cream store. Hey, son, may I ask you a question? Why did you take the quarters instead of the dollar bill? The boy licked his ice cream cone and replied. Because the day I
3: take the dollar, the game's over. The Minister of Defense, the pastor of Paladins, Patriots, and Pistoleros will be right back after these commercials. Have you seen the latest ads in the American Handgunner, the American
0: Rifleman, or other quality magazines about crossbreed holster products? Make sure you order something for yourself and someone you like from Crossbreed Holsters, makers of good quality, affordable, and American-made leather products. That's crossbreedholsters.com.
2: Black Man with a Gun by Ken Blanchard is a 148-page book with pictures showing the right way and wrong way to do things, different guns and techniques, and a great primer for new shooters, an icebreaker for the experienced shooter, and a tool for the activist. Black Man with a Gun is a book that easily explains and inspires with the humor of the most audacious African American in support of the right to keep and bear arms, Ken Blanchard. Ken Blanchard is a former U.S. Marine, federal firearms instructor, private investigator, counterterrorist, public speaker, and web personality. Ken has been featured in two documentaries, Fox News, the BBC, the washington business journal washington times wall street journal and now with his new podcast the urban shooter on itunes in the book you'll find a letter to my sisters buying a firearm the racist roots of gun control the nra your rights the police religion and guns get your autographed copy today by visiting blackmanwithagun.com or by calling 888-772-6262 get your copy now
0: are you ready for the zombie apocalypse The clock is counting down. Get ready and start practicing. Get your exclusive zombie targets on blackmanwithagun.com and urbanshooterpodcast.com today. They also make good office posters. Three different ones to choose from. The first has two zombies attacking a little girl or a non-combatant. The second is a zombie bride. And the third, her gory gloom, or just groom, my personal favorite. When you order a zombie target, you support the Urban Shooter Podcast. When you order a zombie target, you get an autographed copy. Each target is $1.50. And you can get them again at blackmanwithagun.com and urbanshooterpodcast.com.
2: Do you like Urban Shooter? Then send Ken an email at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Do you want to support the show and start something new? You can become a member of the new Urban Shooter Association for $4 a month and keep the mission going strong. Look for the USA link on the website.
3: And now, back to the man who's packing more than a browning. Shoot
0: or don't shoot. You decide. It's time for me to slide on out of here. I want a quick shout out to our new listeners, Tony and James, and for you for sticking with me. And welcome our new Urban Shooter Association members, Jack and Ronald. Layla, thank you for everything. Make sure you check out the details of the new Second Amendment March that's happening in 2010. Don't forget, you can find me on Facebook under Pastor Ken Blanchard and on Twitter on Ken Blanchard. That's Ken with two N's. Until next week, when I get my stuff together, I'm wishing you a better week than I had. All right? And I'm praying for you and I hope that you pray for me. Happiness is when you like yourself. Until next week, Shalom, baby.
3: Thank you for listening to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Ken would love to hear from you. Email him at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. Talk to you next week. Is it uh, true what they say about the way you people are gifted? Oh, it's
1: true. It's true. It's true. It's true.